Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Blurg. Today we're recapping Season 3, Episode 13 of 30 Rock from the Sun. Goodbye, my friend. Yes, that's right, my friends. John Lithgow, in a break from his typecast standard role, plays someone loud and befuddled. The range! And other plot points, upper-class altruism rears its ever-unsuccessful head as Jack adopts Frank as his mini-mentee, promptly ruining everything. Just tax the rich already, for the love of God. Liz goes crazy in an attempt to score a baby, again. And Jenna makes everything about her, again. So everyone gather your mothers, your fathers, your jugglers, and judges, because it's time for another episode of Blurg. Let's go! What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers! We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out. Unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shock week. Excuse me. Can we get a little service over here, please? Oh. Dude, I know you're getting these messages because I know how to check your voicemail. You are officially a D-bag, Tim. I hope you lose your indoor soccer game. Sorry, what can I get you? A uh, dozen assorted for me to take home to my family, and the lady will have... A dozen assorted. <gasps> Adoption brochure. Should you be working the night shift alone like this? It's fine. They gave me a gun. That's 680. I will have mine to stay, please. You want a dozen donuts to stay? And a skim milk. What are you doing, Liz? Making a new friend. I don't like this. You have crazy eyes. You have shut up, Mouse. I don't want any part of this. Then get out of here. So we're lucky enough that this is one of the episodes that had a DVD commentary. Amazing. Oh, nice. Oh, Judah Friedlander and Frank, not Frank, let's do it. Nice. And it sisters, was identical <laughs> sisters. <laughs> anyway, so their insights are not deep in any way, shape, or form, but we did get lots of interesting tidbits. Emma teased us that she had some sparkling information. Are you holding on to it to the end? Or are you going to tell us now? I can tell you now. So I was listening to Office Ladies, which is an Office Rewatch podcast, and they were doing Business Trip, which is an episode that was filmed in late 2008, in which uh, Michael and a couple of the Office members fly on a plane to Winnipeg, and Ed Helms, playing Andy, watches Harry and the Hendersons on the plane ride. And that's also the movie featured in this episode. Written and uh, put out, what, like three months later? This was in March of 2009. So I don't know why, but Harry and the Hendersons was in the zeitgeist at this time. NBC probably was airing it on like their programs. <laughs> like they got the rights again. And so all the other shows were like, quick. <laughs> yeah. um, I have seen tidbits and the tidbits I've seen were from this episode. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never seen the whole thing. Oh, it's very sweet. When I saw the clip of it in this episode, I thought it was a made-up movie. No, it's real. It's John Lithgow. <laughs> Why are you guys so young and such terrible people? So overall, I think we were both not looking forward to looking to, this, to watching this episode. Um, was not one of like my rewatch lists, but it was really cute. Yeah, it was. I mean, and this happens time and time again with Thirty Rock, where even the stinkers in our estimation, because they're not in our like top ten rewatchables or top a hundred rewatchables. They're still solid, and they're still very good. And I do have a greater appreciation for the guest stars now than I did at the time watching it. John Lithgow, I did know from Third Rock, from The Sun. Um, but then he had a guest spot in Dexter, where he did so well. Did you say they were solid? I'm so, I noticed you glazing over as you were preparing to do this. You can't talk about, like, solid as a rock without me bringing out Ashford and Simpson again. <laughs> but we can talk over it. Well, yeah, otherwise we'll get ass capped. <laughs> yeah, every time you say solid, I just can't help it. So, are we ready to go back to that? Not that we really started. Goodbye, yeah. my friend. Well, so, overall, we were saying. We weren't really looking forward to it, but it turned out they're always better on the rewatch. Yeah, I think our estimations of like what goes down and the machinations in our very fucked up minds transmutes it into something that's perhaps <laughs> not as enjoyable as it actually is. Julie, I see you looking askance, but you are part of this forever and always. 
As you know, there's way too much Jenna for me in this episode, and she's being super annoying. And Judah Friedlander basically says she is Jenna in real life, and that he's constantly pulling trick cr- pranks on her. She's super gullible, always falls for it, and gets really upset. I'm like, isn't that just Jenna Maroney? <laughs> yeah, but I think she's more good natured in person. Casey, yeah, he loves her. what's her name, from SNL, <laughs> is also adored. You just read her memoir, right? Casey from Wilson. Casey Wilson, yeah, also loves Jane Krakowski. I was like, she was on SNL for one year, but yes. And I thought her opinion people matters. didn't like her. No, you don't like her, but everyone else I like Casey like Rose Wilson. No, you don't like Jane Krakowski. I don't know Jane Krakowski. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't like All right. And I don't like whoever she played on Ally McBeal or whoever she played on Unbreakable Engagement or whoever she was in that after school special. But I'm sure she's a lovely person. What about that Arliss? What about that Arliss? She was great in that Arliss. No, that was a Jenna Maroney. <laughs> I was great in that Arliss. I don't know what Jane, I'm sure Green Kukowski is awesome. Somebody loved her enough to impregnate her. She's doing great. <laughs> And I adore her. So we've got the yin and yang. We've got the black desolate hating on Jane Krakowski. And we've got the correct positive loving on Jane Krakowski. Would you rather have sex with Judah Friedlander or Lutz, which is his name on the show and in real life? In what context? Sex. Yeah, but like for fun? No, for to make sure no one dies. Yes, for fun. Well, I mean, I feel like... Have would you never you played Would You Rather? Moving on to Emma. Emma, who do you pick? <laughs> do you say Judah or Lutz? Yep. Franker. With his regular look or his look as the lawyer? Probably regular look. Yeah. The lawyer was did not make sense. No. It just the energy of that felt very wrong. I sense that you feel dim- differently. I mean, I would pick Lutz, period, but um, I thought it made sense that he looked like a lawyer. He said on the audio track that people said all week he looked like Penn Jillette. And he he not, does. Not take that 100% as a compliment. he does. Yeah. He did not take that as a compliment? How could you not? He's magic. He'll be I like, I found Penn your G-spot and one. hold it in your hand. <laughs> I guess Penn Jillette paints one fingernail. Who doesn't? Anyway, let's start the episode. So we're finishing up an episode of previously the girly show, now TGS, obviously. And love, peace, and hair grease, all of that nonsense, all of that love. Jenna comes up in a maybe an infant chicken or a chicken with incontinence. Anyway, she's wearing a diaper as a chicken. Super frustrated. You think it's going to be about the fact that she's wearing such an embarrassing costume. No, no. How could you cut this piece, this bit, diaper chicken? How could you? Wait, I know, because Tracy's the star. Oh, brother, she's feeling neglected. How's she going to act out this time? Oh, my ankle, my ankle. We would hate her. We would hate her attention-sucking in our lives. That's the beauty of 30 Rock, though it feels like real life because I see them more than my actual friends, of which I'm still trying to find. She's engaging, she's entertaining, she's fun, she's ridiculous, she's everything, I love her. She has a little whistle in her voice. But earlier, they're talking to Liz and they're like, me, Lutz, and Tufer and Josh are going to go to that bar where the waiters dress like ninjas. You in? She's, no, going to the 24-hour donut place and going home. We got to get to the donut place. We'll get we have, to the donut place, and we're going to find more than we bargained for at that donut place. Do we have a donut place? I mean, a 24-hour donut place in Cincinnati? No, and that's why the city is going to shit. We don't have the resources, okay? Now, Ninja, the wacky restaurant, once declared a critical disaster, closes after 15 years in New York. So that restaurant in Tribeca just closed in May of 2020. March and they dress as ninjas? Yes. Anyway, we'll never go to that Ninja restaurant now. When would we ever leave the house? <laughs> like, <laughs> just I don't see I don't see it happening for us. Someday. So we're back to Jenna's imaginary ankle injury. Have you ever <laughs> done something ridiculous to seek attention from others? God, yes. Do you have a specific one you can think of in this moment? Are you speaking to yourself or me? No. 
Me? Oh, I lie all the time. Yeah. If the truth isn't interesting enough, I'll just make it up. And that is my fantasy. My fantasy becomes my reality. Valentina. <laughs> so they said they would have expected the death of a voice coach because her birthday's coming up. So maybe all the attention will make her ankle feel better. Codependent much? Giving tree? Become a stump? Let her suffer! <laughs> the giving tree has gotten too much play. And is it, did Shel Silverstein just have a Google Doodle or something? He's on everyone's mind. Would not take the garbage out. It's like so, the, the that broke my entire life. So the Giving Tree. Most people found that inspirational. Reread it. It is a story of happy. <laughs> oh no, I know it's absolutely. And now terrible. other people matter, and you don't. I matter. Yeah. But once the tree was cut down, there was perfect real estate to develop a shoddily constructed, like, office commercial space. And that's what America's like run on. It's building next to it. Dunkin's Donuts. Ooh. Liz is going to go to the 24-hour donut place and go home. And then Pete is like, honestly, it's tough to tell. Are you depressed or celebrating? Because <laughs> you do the same for both. I have to say, I feel like this is a good Pete episode. It's a it's a very it's one of my favorite because their repartee is great because I feel like Jack and Liz get into this where they have just like the constant rapid fire things, but there's a different level because obviously Jack's her boss whether she realizes it accepts it or not. But with Pete and her, even though Pete's technically also up there, it's more level playing field and they've been friends for a long time. So the witty banter is just fucking phenomenal. So Liz is really upset about the adoption process. It's endless. I just it's don't. been three months. And she can't have no baby. She doesn't have any time. So Jack comes through and he looks disheveled and terrible. Well, like, hey, Jack, one hair you... out of place. Yes. It's Friday night. He's like, I need something to do. Don't you have some gallery opening or a fundraiser to get bow ties to inner city youths? Of course. Honestly, it does remind me of a sort of Jenna S character which is Portia de Rossi's character on Arrested Development, where she would just have all of these nonsense fundraisers like hoops, hands off our penises, <laughs> hoop for uncircumcised. And then the next year, she had like pro-circumcision, just didn't care, anything for a banquet, which I respect and understand. So he's committed to Elsa. He doesn't want to get in trouble. So he wants to go somewhere where he can socialize where women aren't even an issue. And it's perfect because he's going to go out with all the writers because they are toolboxes and no one will want to date them. Hey, now. I know, and Frank gets time, a lot of play. From the old ladies and stuff. First of all, ageist. <laughs> they are still absolutely bona fide hotties. People. Without, <laughs> without the risk of, like, unplanned pregnancy. Menopause, Bitch. Bitch. So we're at the 24-hour donut store, and there is a seemingly innocuous throwaway character who's not taking care of Liz and Pete and is on the phone talking to Tim, who's a D-bag. She hopes he loses an indoor soccer game, which is hilarious because around that time, everyone in high school played indoor soccer, and it was like a big thing. Anyway, so the girl wishes Tim that he loses his indoor soccer game and then turns around and... Oh, look at that. Very, very, very preggers. So with child. So her name is Phoebe something or other, and she was on Broadway in Spring Awakening at this time. So Pete has like 75 children, so he's getting a dozen assorted for him to take home. And the lady will have... my family. A dozen, <laughs> a dozen assorted. assorted. And she sees the adoption brochure. Gasp. She's into it. She's got crazy eyes. She's ready to go. So then she starts taking an interest in the person. Before, she was just a, um, excuse me, I'm a white lady and I haven't been served yet at your establishment. I'm going to need you to calm down. And now she's like, so should you be working the night shift alone like this? So she decides to have her dozen to stay. Do you want a dozen <laughs> donuts to stay and skim milk? Because that'll cancel out all of the donut calories. Science. Okay. Let's go. What's your favorite donut? Mm. In a clear. A hundred percent. This is not a right or wrong answer, Julie. Don't give me that look. <laughs> <laughs> this is our opinion. <laughs> Glazed with chocolate frosting. Yeast good. donut. Yeast. Man, it's Yeast. a terrible name, but God, they're good. Yeah. The crollers, I think, are mine. All and right. if they're warm, shut your mouth. 
So Pete's like, what are you doing, Liz? And she's like, making a new friend. He's like, I don't like this. You have crazy eyes. You just shut up, mouth. <laughs> Say it again. That's really funny. You've shut up, mouth. <laughs> I got to remember to use that in real life. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, so we're back to the little soiree of the nerds, the writers. And Jack's a part of it. And he's like, you know, that creative thing you guys do, writing jokes for a living, making the world laugh. What do your dads tell their friends you do? Surgeon. Optometrist. Lutz. And then Lutz says died. <laughs> and Frank says, I never knew my dad. I never knew my father. So I just lied to myself. Space assassin. Jack is looking to bond. So he's like, I grew up without a father too, Frank. Good old I think he's just guy. looking to remain flaccid. I don't know that he's necessarily trying to bond. That'll come later. But yes, Jack says, good old Billy Donaghy left when I was two. He'd show up intermittently to impregnate my mom, punch out umpires in my little league. People do go crazy at little league games. They have to have like full on signs now that this is a game. This is not the world series. The referees are volunteers who are probably in high school. Calm the fuck down. Last time I saw my daddy went out to get the candles for my fourth birthday lasagna and never came back. Ugh, precious. I want a birthday lasagna. That sounds amazing. Well, now Frank's just feeling sorry for himself. His whole life, he said he was going to be something, restore the glory of the Rossitano name. It means well poisoner. And in Gaelic, Donaghy means dung basket. So he worked his ass off at SUNY, which is the New York school systems, and got into Fordham Law, which is a big deal. He's like, what? He's like, but I had to drop out of semester because my mom got sick. Mm, or did she? Mm, we'll find out later. He's like, so what are we doing next, fellas? Don't tell me we're calling it a night already. <laughs> How lame do you think we are? The night is young. We're going to Lutz's to watch movies. <laughs> Tonight, Which sounds a like class. a wholesome night out. Yeah, for dickless wonders who can't date. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, my God. We do the same thing. <laughs> like, This is after the show. So this is like Friday night. Isn't there an after party and an after after party and an after 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 party and an after 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 Sometimes after, you just want to party? stay home and watch movies. That's me every day. Yeah, with your other D-bag friends. So Jack's like, I'll go, but I don't want to go to Lutz's apartment. His contract is up, and I don't want to feel sorry for him. <laughs> so they decide to go to his place. Sounds great. Now Liz is really leaning in and listening. She's like, when I told him I was pregnant, he just freaked out and didn't call me for a week. Then he texted me, and he was like, oh, I love you. No, I'm mad at you. You do this on purpose. Meanwhile, his my face page still says status horny. Now, my face will have a big little play later on when she Jack... finger banked you. <laughs> yes. When Jack reconnects with a high school sweetheart, which will be all sorts of poor accents, but solid acting. Yeah. So the my face page says horny. And I'm like, if you care about me at all, at least have the decency to Skype me face to face. It is truly. I mean, she says, man, there are just so many different devices for guys to not call you on now. Just the constant bombardment between Snapchat, Facebook, all this social media that like usually in our days, like once you would leave high school or once you would leave like the bullying or whatever atrocities you were subjected to would end there. And now it's just constant. It is so hard to be a kid these days or a teen or an adult. It's hard to be me. Well, when I was your age, you could just be like, oh, you tried to call me, but my line was busy. So true. Before they invented call waiting and we were all sharing a landline and my stupid sister was always on the phone. <laughs> then you just watch Falcon Crest and cry yourself to sleep. Now, Falcon Crest, I didn't even have to look this up, was on Friday nights. So that would be apropos to it being Friday night, the night of the show. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those segments that's literally just Tina Fey reliving <laughs> her life through the show. The blurred lines between Liz Lemon and Tina Fey are just like completely together at this point. Did you guys have adult soap operas? Not Gossip Girl, not, but like the people who are adults, like Dallas, Falcon Crest, Knott's Landing, Dynasty. Were there, is there an adult soap not opera? Growing up. I mean, we had like the WB, but that was probably the closest we got. And it wasn't adults typically. That's what I'm saying. I watched One Tree Hill, all of it, and I don't know why. But I did. Every time that theme song. I didn't even get through One Tree Hill. <laughs> I don't want to be anything other than what I've been trying to be lately. <laughs> I loved it, and I still couldn't stick with it past, like, I don't know, four years, five years. So, do you it know who Haley's so married long. to? 
In the so very end? Oh. Exactly. In real life? Yes. No. She's married to Denny Duquette, who is now <gasps> on uh, Oh, Dead. Is Grey's Anatomy yeah. count as an adult drama? Adult maybe, maybe that is pretty yeah. close. Yeah, that's it's a little they more. Were, their career, they weren't high schoolers. <laughs> Correct. Now they got more and more soap opera ish. When you're like, oh, is this the third Barry disaster? Oh, okay. But oh, that yes. was maybe maybe Grey's Anatomy, good one. Anyway, I just thought I'd bring up that little fun fact. <laughs> So we know that Tina wants this baby. So she's trying to be smooth. She's like, what do you plan to do when the baby comes? And the girl's like, I don't know. I've been talking to the adoption lady, but I don't feel comfortable with any of the people. They all just seem really old and weird. None of them even know who Neo is. Originally, it was Chris Brown in the script. And they dubbed her Neo so that they didn't have to deal with Chris Brown. I mean, Neo is an unproblematic king. I mean, he got erect one time on stage while dancing with a woman but other than that smooth sailing so is this a neo song or a chris brown song i don't even know what song this is it's not a real song they wouldn't actually pay for the rights they had no money gotcha well good because no, no, like, she's just she's just trying she's doing just any lyrics that could be in any song which is like love you tonight she got there she did enough mothers and fathers so now we're back at jack's apartment and they're watching the end of harry and the henderson's Get out of here. Can't you see we don't watch anymore? Why can't you go back where you came from and leave us alone? Seems very much like White Fang or whatever Schmidt did to Cece at the end. Yes, but Harry (laughs) Nexus was first. I believe you. He comes and lives with their family, but then, like, just like an E.T., they're going to come and study him, and it's going to be terrible. So he's like, go back where you came from. But their whole family loves him so much. And, of course, like, he brings the whole family together. Oh, it feels very old yeller vibes, right? Not even close. Old yeller's just a dog they find and they have to shoot him at the end. Wasn't that the one where they go, go on, get out of here, get. No, that's White Fang. That's the one that Schmidt read. This reminds him of the favorite movie, Shane, which I have never seen. Even I'm not old enough to have seen Shane. It's like when Joey wants to go with Shane and Shane makes him stay. Maybe it's because they didn't have fathers. Maybe that's where we're dra- why we're drawn to movies where the father figure pushes away the child. Legendary North American <laughs> forest ape. So Honestly, is, parallels. In real life, Judah Friedlander owns every Bigfoot movie ever made, but he had never oh, seen wow. Harry and the Hendersons because he likes the like horror ones, and he didn't want to see this one, so he had never How seen many it. Had horror Bigfoots are there? I can't I know, imagine they're good. So, between Sasquatch and Bigfoot, I guess there are plenty. No, they all sound like B movies. He seems like a cult movie kind of person. So, but in the movies, it's a good thing. And Harry went back to the woods. It works out in real life, too. We're both doing all right. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it depends how you measure all right. They're both doing fine. They seem happy-ish as they're sobbing into Lutz's <laughs> dead body. That's got to mess with your brain after a while, just being nonstop picked on like Lutz is. So here comes Kenneth. Yeah. Excuse me, Mr. Jordan. I was just updating my staff birthday list and I discovered I don't have yours. Well, so it turns out one of the few amenities that Yankee Stadium does not offer is birth certificates because Tracy Jordan was born there and as such does not have one. He's also bounced around so many foster families that no one bothered to throw him a party. But even prisoners have birthday parties. I saw one on Oz. It was interesting. <laughs> I can't see Kenneth watching Oz. I mean, he he did. Um, I uh, yeah, just a lot of butt sex. Some of it consensual. Some of it not. And poor Miguel Alvarez walled up. I think that I'm going to put that on my top ten ways I don't want to die. <laughs> Hurt. I pushed you up against the wall while you're unconscious build a wall in front of you that no one can hear you. And then you just die there slowly. So Tracy doesn't need a birthday because he can buy himself all the presents he needs. And because of my drinking, they're often a surprise. (laughs) Honestly, me on Amazon prime at 3am. But birthdays aren't about presents. They're about being surrounded by people who love you and eating a cake with your name on it and making a wish. I'm sorry. You've never had that. So they say, hi Frank. And he says, Oh, Hey Jack. This morning, it hit me in the shower why the Hendersons named their guest Harry. Huh. 
Yeah, that film has a lot of layers. Why did they name it? Because he's hairy? Yes. Like with the skin? <laughs> All right. He's that Bigfoot. film does have layers. He's Sasquatch. Wow. Maybe because he was looking at himself naked. The depth. <laughs> so he's like, I was also thinking about what you told me about your family in law school. He's like, yeah, sorry, I was drunk. I shouldn't have told you that stuff. He's like, I'm glad you did. We have a lot in common. We both have reoccurring dreams about being overpowered by females. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, like, I mean, that's not a super scandalous thing to disclose. But then once we get to the female bodybuilder, that's the stuff. That's about drink 12. You know how Amy Santiago has different variations of personality based on how many drinks she's consumed? I'm assuming that's about drink eight. I don't know who Amy Santiago is. From Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So Jack is all powerful and he wants to help Frank. He's like, I made some phone calls. And if you want, you can resume your law studies at Columbia this semester. Full scholarship, no strings attached. What a daddy benefactor. He's a bear. He's a daddy. He's a daddy bear. So he's going to make, go make your mother proud, Frank. And make your father hate any new children he might have. I mean, that's the best comeuppance that any estranged father who's abandoned them. Look at Kelly Clarkson. Poor Kelly Clarkson. She doesn't deserve that. No one does. So Jack feels like there are greater heights that Frank can attain besides working at a desk with fake vomit on it. To which Frank mm -hmm. is like, yeah, I mean, fake. Duh. Yeah, no, that's not my actual vomit that I threw up. Listening in the heat. So in comes our pregnant teen, and Jack's like, oh, God, please don't let that be a daughter I didn't know about. <laughs> Becca! And then he's, like, chilled out once he realizes that he's there for uh, Liz, who's hired Becca on as the show's new youth consultant. The CW has them, so why can't a late-night sketch comedy show? She's like, I can't Feels believe you're in charge of all this. It's challenging and satisfying, but it can't fulfill me. Oh my I've God, got so much more time. to give. Whenever she gives the canned pageant answers, ah, love it. Well, I like this part when she's like, um, do you want me to start my youth consulting now? Because kids would not be into that. He's just poor lots of sleep in the chair. He's just trying his best with his male brassiere. It's fine. She's like, yeah, oh, Lutz? Yeah, that guy's the worst. And on the audio commentary, Lutz is like, yeah, that guy is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> So Jenna storms in, and she wants to make sure that no one else is going to be wearing the same birthday party dress as she it's is. So she puts Kenneth on. bridesmaid's knockoff dress that no one would ever wear. Am I right, Emma? I liked the color. Emma! <laughs> that, like, Except two cross. people wore it. I know. Because obviously Kenneth fails. He says, do you know that Mr. Jordan has never had a birthday party? He was too poor growing up. He's trying to appeal to her heart, which she does not have. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. My heart goes out to all the inner city kids, especially those too fat to dance their way out. Cancel her. Glad you feel that way because we have this big party planned for you. I know. And we thought you could share it with Mr. Jordan. The party, the attention, everything. Isn't that a great idea? Does Kenneth not know her? Kenneth doesn't know much. Oz sort of like wiped his brain clean. So she said, yeah, that's so great. As she's having like a rage stroke. I love when she does that later. It's when amazing when she says when Cheyenne Jackson singing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Danny boy, the vice, the vice. Once again, if you're not watching his Instagram, you really should be. What a loving father and husband. Mm. Where are we going? I already cleaned out my office. You've got to go back where you belong. You've got to go. No, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be like you. Get out of here. Go to the writer's room. There is no scholarship. Can't you see we don't want you anymore? Think about it, Tim. Do you really want your kid to grow up without a father? Jack! I don't understand. <laughs> Why don't you go back where you came from? Leave me alone! Goodbye, my friend. Those two, they both grew up without fathers. So now Liz is talking with Becca, and Becca's like, I can't believe Tim hasn't called. I guess I don't even care about us anymore. This is his baby. I mean, him not even being there for the kids is totally washed. 
<laughs> which then Liz looks up on her little slang dictionary. <laughs> Typical Tim. So like, anyway, I guess I have two choices. Go back home, try to get back with Tim and keep this baby, or give up the baby and focus on my music. And Liz is hyper-focused on stealing that baby. So she's <laughs> like, so Tim, keep baby, music, give up baby. So Can Becca's I play gonna, one of my songs? Becca's going to play a song and it's great. Now we are joined in a cobweb of rainbows. Stop. And Stop right there. Tears. The world needs to hear your music. Liz Lemon. So this isn't technically illegal, like when she kidnapped the baby, but it's not great. The kidnapping was in a fugue state. She was not aware she was doing it. All right. Are you one of the judges? I thought you were a juggler. So Pete is like, Liz, you have crossed the line. Becca's never going to make it with those songs. She says, "Being says who? Being terrible has never present, prevented success in the music business. Look at Bismarcky, who just died. I know. This is a terrible reference. Strike it. Cancel them. (laughs) Because they were supposed to predict that. (laughs) Because he's not actually terrible. (laughs) Oh, baby, you. (laughs) So, Pizza's trying to talk to her down. He's like, look, before we were happily married with five kids, Paula and I were Tim and Becca. And I can tell you right now, she's confused and he is terrified. Which was like, but he ran away. So did I five times, but I came back. (laughs) And my caveman brain saw those babies with their Hornberger foreheads and clicked. He's so attractive right there. I know he's bald out of careless. (laughs) (laughs) No, the baldly doesn't take away. I mean, usually he does. He's not the most appealing, but God, when a dude defends his family, hot. Well, I know he's defending his family, but he's trying to explain why he's such a fucking pussy. He at least went back. So you got to give Tim and Becca the same chance. Becca's not eating baby food. And (laughs) talking to her, talking about her teen message board that says the baby gets all its food from his mother, so you have to give it stuff it likes, i.e. baby food. Tragic. The public school system in America is not great. She's like, no, the baby can't taste anything. It gets its nutrients for you. She's like, well, I'm going to post a reply to Juno32 and tell her she's a giant asswipe. Which does remind me of one of the many awards that Tina Fey won for playing Liz Lemon when in her acceptance speech, she was like, you know, when you get a certain level of famous, you find a lot of people on the internet who don't like you. So I'd like to address some of them now. Babs and Lacrosse, you can suck it. And she starts naming all these screen names and saying, you can suck it. She's like, I can't believe you don't have kids. So here comes a backwards compliment that Tina Fey or that Liz Lemon has received many times. She's like, what's that? She's like, you'd make such a great mom. You're smart and successful and grounded. You're already dressed like a mom. And stop. And stop. I use that all the time. And stop and and scene. Those yeah. are two common Julie phrases. And scene. Zip it. It's not the right time for Becca to have a family. Is that something you'd want, Liz? Yeah, Becca. It is. And so Will Becca, you sing with me, Liz? To, you, oh to join in the cobweb of rainbows, they decide to sing. Mothers and fathers and jugglers and judges. Now we are joined in the cobweb of rainbows. <laughs> yeah, still doesn't make any sense. So he's coming. The plan worked. I bit my tongue. And then Jack McBrayer runs and slides. And Judah Freelander and the real Lutz. I like to talk about it for over a minute about how what a great slide it was. No it. <laughs> Net, Keith, Lutz and Kenneth McBrayer met at Improv Olympic back in the day. Mm. First thing that Kenneth or Jack McBrayer did was an improv song about when he was the mascot at his school. Oh, I can't think of anyone more universally lovable than Jack McBrayer, except from the blind lady who didn't like his lack of chin. Well, in real life, yeah. as much as Thirty Rock is our life, you know. So Tracy Yes. And everyone yells, Happy birthday. And then Jenna's waiting in the wings, looking like very conspiratorial. And she's like, oh, what a schmo entering first. And I'm the headliner and she's just the warm-up. I would love to not like vis- like stay, but take a little guided tour of Jenna's brain because it is fucked up. I love it. I fucking love it. I'm the John Rickles and he's just me. Oh no, the self-hatred, the poor thing. But I don't have a birthday. You do now because we all love you and wanted you to feel this joy. 
He's like, I, I do, do feel, feel it. it. <laughs> You're also amazing. And to think I was just about to call y'all a bunch of racist. It's mm. a true heartwarming moment. <laughs> Stop. Jenna time. And now Jenna is usurped once more. Frank comes in without the slide, which is unfortunate, but like he's got to focus on his lawyer career. He's leaving TGS for Columbia Law School to pursue his dream of becoming a lawyer. Oh, my God. And he looks like Pendulet. And Kenneth is like, did you know that if you sing Happy Birthday on a TV show, you have to pay for it? I did not know that. Ha- hey. <laughs> so Three. now someone else comes and steals even more of a thunder. Three. Ray. Three. 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 Okay. Oprah, Uma, Oprah, Uma. <laughs> My dad got us all seats for opening day at the new Yankee Stadium. Hooray! And so now they're completely in a mob mentality. There's so much joy happening that does not involve Jenna. They start chanting, Suri, 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 Suri. So Jenna has to get creative. No one asked me about my back brace, she exclaims as she suddenly magics a back brace onto her. So we're back in Mr. Mr. Jordan. Jordan. Blow out the candles. So he like gives a sly glance over and then blows it out. And now we're just chanting for everyone that's not Jenna. Sari, Frank, and Tracy. Sari, Frank, and Chasey. No one asked me about my back brace. Poor thing. So Jack gets his eyes on the new Frank and his pendulette. He's like, is that you? It's like, I decided to take you up on your offer. He's like, good man. You went to my tailor? That's the same cut Reagan wore the day he got shot. Oh, my God. Jodie Foster's impact. So Frank's mom's going nuts. She's insisting you come over and let her cook dinner for you. Jack's like, home-cooked Italian. I'm there. The lengths he will go to to not put himself in a room with women that are in his sphere of sexual conquest. Wild. He is a man. He's a maniac, maniac for Shafar. He said, now let me hear you say the seven most important words in the American judicial system. My client has no memory of that. It's funny because it hurts our democracy. I also would have accepted, you can't prove that's the governor's semen. Or that's the governor's <laughs> semen. Or that's the governor's, that governor's semen. You can't prove. Yeah. Fascinating. It I'm is wild to have a language that like changes so much based on intonation. As opposed to South Korean, which I've dabbled in recently. Where the intonations are all pretty much the same. Yonders it. Yonders it. What does that mean? One, two, three. I'm pretty sure we're saying it wrong, too, but <laughs> you know, on your set, I think it is. I don't know. It means one, two, three. Nah, 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 nah. I said that right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, what's the matter, Mr. Gordon? I know only... I, so Tracy's making a cheese friend, which is amazing, and I was going to make one myself. I know you only make cheese friends when something's bothering you. You're right, Ken. Birthdays are special, and my mind's over. And who knows when February 24th will come? <laughs> I don't. Not that I. Now that warm and happy feeling is gone, there's no cake in my mouth. And that birthday wish is malarkey. Malarkey! So he became the sort of campaign strategist for Joe Biden some decade later. It's a great old man word. So we've got Patty LaPone in our house. I, Who is I, currently though, starring in Gypsy on Broadway at the time. What a job. Even though I've not seen her in any of her things, I know that I must love her. And based on this episode, I do. I really She's do. Amazing. Someday you'll have an ad on the subway in English and Spanish. Ooh la la. And this man, what you have done for my boy. Frankie, go up some, open some more wine. Now twist. You got it, mom. All right, we're going to do this. I'm going to be Patty Lapone, obviously. Duh, obviously. What do you think you're doing to my boy? I'm trying to help him. I see myself in Frank. I mean, we both have fathers that abandoned us. What do you know about his father? You want Frank to be a lawyer so he won't be like his father? His father was a lawyer. And his father's father. All the Rossitano men are lawyers. It's in their blood to be lawyers. Then what's the... Well, the mob! Um... <laughs> Frankie's father didn't abandon him. He's hiding in Phoenix. Every Ronatasso man is either in hiding or six feet under. You want me to paint you a picture? Because I did. (laughs) (laughs) This is such a funny part. We pan to like just a very like crudely drawn dead lawyer mob situation. 
painted by the same people who do the half mermaid, half Bigfoot painting of uh, Frank Slater. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a it's like I, yeah, I had no idea. She's like, well, you should have guessed. <laughs> I don't think I should have. Whatever. I'm not going to take my kid's dream away from him. You made this mess. You clean it up. I don't care how. But Francis Rosatano cannot become a lawyer. Wild. Now we're back to 30 Rock where things are similarly chaotic. Um, Cerise says, Liz, hey, do you know a Tim? Because he's downstairs. There's a Tim Baker, which is Becca's ex-boyfriend. So Liz brilliantly says, send him to 15. He's coming to seal my baby. Now, can I just say this is modern day Tim? Whoa. Oh. Hubba hubba. Jesus. Hi. CW shows for sure. So Jenna comes in and she's like, don't even ask about the wheelchair. Tina, Liz Lemon's like, okay, keeps moving. And I also, my vocal coach died. There it is. There it is. And then Jack's getting off the elevator. He's like, come on, come on, come on. He's like, Lemon, are you okay? She's like, that pregnant girl, she was going to give me her baby. But now that the dad is here, he's going to ruin everything. Well, what are you going to do? I'm the one who's been there for Becca for almost two days. This guy, this <laughs> tin guy is totally washed. Lemon, there was once a great American named George Henderson. He met a woodland ape or Sasquatch. And despite its dangerous message of environmentalism, became his friend. When the time came to do the hard thing and send it back to the forest where it belonged and birds could perch on his shoulder because it was gentle, George Henderson summoned the strength and by God, he did it. Did it hurt? You bet it hurt. Like a bastard. But he did it because it was the right thing to do for the woodland ape. You think about that. And Liz has my favorite fucking line of the whole thing. Is that Harry and the Hendersons? This is my life, Jack. <laughs> Her life's fucked up. But funny. Oh, my. Miss Maroney, are you okay? So she's looking like she was run over by several cars. And they just kept backing up and running over her. She's like, I think I'll be okay in time for tomorrow's show. That's not her voice. Stop making the people of America hate her. I'm so brave. She's charming. She is brave. Oh, I wish you could felt better so you could help us figure out what Mr. Jordan's birthday wish could have been. They've never done, which like... Just give her celebrate her birthday. So they narrowed it down to own a Robocop, hunt that elephant that paints, or breakfast in bed. Wide list. But it wasn't his birthday. It was my birthday. Yeah, that's a lot better. You're really nice. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. That's good. So she's tired of making people care for her. No one cares for her, clearly. I wonder why. And then as she's ripping off all of the bandages that have no point but to stoke her ego, Tracy rounds the corner and was like, my birthday wish came true. He cares about her. All he wished was for her to get better, though he was going to wish for breakfast in bed with RoboCop while an elephant paints us. <laughs> Kenneth turns to Kristen.com and is like, we were close. <laughs> but then I saw you with that back brace on right before I blew out my candles. It's a birthday miracle. Uh, and he's like, now let's make Miss Maroney's birthday wish come true. And she's like, but who would I celebrate if y'all were in a car accident? The Florida comes out and it is scary. Yeah. You wonder why she doesn't have more friends. I don't wonder. She's geniuses are never recognized in their time. <laughs> uh, I'm going to fight you on that one. We're on Skype, bitch. Skype me face to face if you're truly into it. So um, Liz confronts Tim outside of the elevator and she's like, are you Tim? Becca's Tim. I'm her friend, Jenna. And she does (laughs) not want to see you. She's very mad at you and she wants you to leave. And then she's sending him off feeling a little conflicted. And then John Lithgow bursts forth from the elevator and was like, what floor is the sci-fi channel on? He's frenetic. He's crazed. He's scared. He's a star. She was there. That's how he became Harry and the Hendersons. Watched a lot of Nanny. So Liz Lemon's like, fine, Lithgow, I'll do the right thing. God, he assumes that she's been watching World According to Garp. He's been in some winners, hasn't he? Have you ever seen The World According to Garp? No, but I've read good things. So it's based on a John Irving book, and it was Robin Williams' first big movie. 
And Glenn Close plays his mother, although I think they're the exact same age. But she ends up becoming like this feminist nurse, but not meaning to. And she opens this home for women. And one of the women is John Lithgow. Fascinating. And then there are all these, this girl got raped and the rapers cut out her tongue so she couldn't tell everybody. And so these women in protest cut out their own tongues. So they all live at this place. It's a fucking crazy book and a crazy movie. It's really good though. So he's transgendered then. Correct. He's great in it. Oh my God, it's such a weird movie. Oh, it's such a weird movie. Oh, John Irving is twisted. So that was Liz, who in a rare (laughs) moment of clarity says, damn it, Tim, wait. Becca does want to see you. She wants it more than anything. Okay. And he's like, no, when you said she didn't want to see me, it was such relief. The baby thing is freaking me out. And then she gets like, sort of like mob boss. You know how people want what just got dropped in your fucking lap? Oh, now's not a good time. I want to go to Burning Man. Shut up, Tim. (laughs) Do you love Becca? She's like my soulmate. I mean, in another life, I guess, like, she's like, you're not listening, dummy. Not up right now. Love that more than anything. Get a job. Help raise that kid. Love it because it has a goony face and get married and have disposable cameras at the wedding because it's fun and people like it. It is true. The first wedding I went to pre-cell phones where you could just take the pictures was fun. I thought it was such a cute thing. Not as cute as a man with a camera strapped to his head on a helmet like at Emma's wedding. (laughs) (laughs) So Jack decides to have the conversation with Frank in a public area rather than in private, which feels like a choice. And Frank asks, where are we going? I already cleaned out my office. And then Jack goes straight into the Henderson moment. It's like, you've got to go back where you belong. you got to go. And this is some really good acting on Judith Friedlander's part, I think, really. He's like, no, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be like you. And he's starting to cower and turn into an ape. He's like, get out of here. Go to the writer's room. There is no scholarship. Can't, Can't you, you see, see we don't we? want you? <laughs> And then Liz and Tim are walking by this conversation. Liz is like, do you really want your kid to grow up without a father? And then this continues in front of them. Jack, I don't understand. Why don't you go back where you came from? Leave Leave me alone. alone. (laughs) (laughs) This is like when uh, Tracy and Jenna were both like announcer one. Or they had announcer number one and announcer number two. And they both said announcer number one's lines. See those two? They both grew up without fathers. (laughs) <laughs> so Tim sees Becky so, he's like my god look at your boobs cute and then this is Liz like, is like kiss, kiss or something, something. Come on. and then they both start singing which is worse than the kiss <laughs> Julie should we do it together five six seven eight rainbows cobwebs cobwebs and the cobwebs of the rainbow and stop <laughs> we're just not in sync this episode I don't know what it yeah. is I blame Harry and the Hendersons that's like I guess in a in a way we both lost children today. But mine was real, Jack. Yours was Frank. <laughs> Don't worry, Lemon. Come on. I'm confident that someday you'll have everything you want. John Lithgow yeah. comes in frazzled. Can someone please tell me how to get out of this building? <laughs> it's like a maze. I keep walking past the same tomorrow. I'm a celebrity. I'm a celebrity. Please. And the last line. Sad. I say that all the time. Sad. Okay, when someone will like legitimately open up, sad. This was a fun one. It was much better than I remembered. Yes, for sure. And John Lithgow, a treat. I guess I didn't realize how heavily we relied on guest stars. But I mean, I feel like the core is great. And that's one of the beauties of 30 Rock is that they don't force you to rely too much on the main cast. So you get tired of them. They're constantly infusing it. And plus, 30 Rock is a big deal. Everyone wanted to be on 30 Rock. I know I did. <laughs> I know. And I still do. I wanted to be Bucky Bright. Because if you did something intimate with a dude who wasn't gay, just enjoying each other's bodies. So let's see. Things I learned. So Judah Friedlander in the beginning is wearing a hat that says incomplete without the E. Ha ha. He had to make the font much smaller to make it fit on his giant hat. They shot it out of sequence. So that is his hair when it's pulled back, but he had to shave off his sideburns. So he's wearing fake sideburns in a lot of the shots. Interesting. Right? 
The other hat he's wearing is a two fare zone, which means you live so far away that you have to take two fares, like an hour train and a 30 minute bus. Interesting. Because that's a thing. Um, Sue, that's on the show. I think we already know this is John Lutz's real life in real life, real wife in real life. <laughs> real life. life, wife in real life. Yes. And Lutz met Tina Fey when he was a writer underneath her for two years on SNL. And then when they were filming the pilot, she said, do you want to come and be an extra in the writer's room? And it could turn into something. And he said, yeah, I want that job. And it turned into him being Lutz. Ugh. Honestly, what a score. I know he's like the Jerry from Parks and Rec of this whole thing, but less wholesome and more weird. Great. Judah Friedlander, Friedlander said Patty LuPone was awesome to work with. She and Alec had some sort of history, so they were just goofing on each other the whole time. <laughs> Aww. That's fun. And when Liz was yelling and screaming at everybody, that was sort of the preliminary prelim to her becoming the deal breaker. When she's like yelling at Tim and giving him advice and everything, that sparked the idea for deal breakers. Nice. Which is one of my favorite episodes. And they said the NBC itself is a maze of elevators. So that was true. When John Lithgow's like, I can't get out of here. <laughs> They're like, that's a joke because at NBC, it is just a maze of elevators and no one can ever get out of there. It is devastating in real life. We have to like take an elevator bank to one floor and then get on one of many elevators that Hate go up to the further floors. Ugh. I mean, it's definitely first word problems, but you know. Am I supposed to walk? Gross. So the next episode's Fun Cooker, and the one after that is The Bubble. And The Bubble has an audio commentary with John Hamm and Jack McBrayer. <laughs> oh, oh, that's fun. <laughs> so I might have to lend that to you guys if you'd like to watch it. So should we rate this episode? Yes, let's go for it. Please let me know when you're ready. 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 Set. Well, we're all in the same general area. Emma is just a little bit low with an 89. I mean, that's a slap in the face to Judah Friedlander, but you do what you have to do. Nick's a little bit above with a 91. I'm not even sure he watched the whole episode. And then I hit it right on the nose at a perfect score of 89. Um, I also got a perfect score of zero because Emma accidentally took a screenshot of our Skype chat. And it's, <laughs> it's rough for all of us, except for Emma, who looks great. Yeah. Thanks, Emma. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Blurg. It went this way, it went that way, it went left and right, and <laughs> it went all the different ways. Circumcision like, and knows how to do sex. All <laughs> the different ways. Um, if you'd like to hear what we're talking about about other things, we have another podcast <laughs> one over the place. And you can check out our website at takespod.com. Come and find us on Instagram. Nick and Emma do an amazing job of posting a little video every week about what episode we're talking about. Please leave us any comments. Um, if you're looking to date Nick, he's available. DM him in the, <laughs> the DMs. So we hope you have a great week. Hope you keep laughing and watching fun stuff all the time. Paisley says goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. As do I. Goodbye. Blurg is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. <laughs> we love you, Frank. <laughs>